great future. We're talking real money. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Tom Cock here, Don McDonald, taking the week off. And I promise not to tease him, even though he teases me when I'm not here. Uh, oh, I might throw a little barb. He, he went to a wedding where he claimed he didn't know the people who were getting married. I mean, so one of those things maybe you do when you're married. You know, you do want the, when you're married, you do things sometimes you don't want to do. His wife wanted to drive across the state, go to this wedding, and so that's where he is. But we are here, you and I, and we're here to get your money right. And that's why we do the show every day. It's really about you. 855-935-TALK is our telephone number. 855-935-8255. And to incentivize you to join us with a pertinent call, we're going to give you either a copy of Don's book, Financial Physics, which was recently updated, or... I did check, and we have some copies still of, this is just a wonderful book, Your Complete Guide to a Successful and Secure Retirement by Larry Swedro and Kevin Grogan. You can have your choice of either book. So uh, you call, you're on the show, and uh, I, I, this is not an inexpensive, both of them are very valuable books, but this one is not cheap. So, uh, But right now, let's go to the phones. I was going to talk a little bit about the market from the first quarter, which was exceptional if you owned stocks. We'll get to that. But Stephen has been very kind to wait, wait, wait through all the news and traffic and weather, and now joins us here on Talking Real Money. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Tom. Um, I am completely retired since 2012. And uh, next month I turn 70. So I'm required to take out some distribution of my IRA funds. Um, I did an online calculator, and it looks like I'm going to have to take about um, $14,000 the first year. Have you got any recommendations of the best thing to do with that to protect it from either taxes or or whatever you know I, I hate to give it back yeah there, there that's a great question this comes up a lot of course you do not have to spend the money you simply have to take it out of the qualified account in your case i think you said it was an ira and pay the tax on it so the government that's what they care about but then what you do with it after that to be tax efficient is what i may be hearing correct Sort of how do I avoid it paying any t- well, further taxes on it? There's no way. Oh, there is one way. There is one way to do a required minimum distribution without paying tax, and that's to do a thing called the, the charitable qualified distribution. You can give the money to charity. Then you don't have to pay the tax on it. Right. But other than that, right. there is there um, really is no trick to sort of not having to pay taxes on a required minimum distribution. Right. There's. One of the issues is you like to pay the least amount of taxes possible. Um, I am at the point where I am going to go between the 12 and the, I guess it's the 22 or 25 percent brackets. Yep. So um, I'm, I'm thinking that this is just going to push me over that number for the next tax bracket. Uh, we had thought about replacing some of our charitable distributions or charitable giving with this one-time distribution to the organizations that we give to and just tell them we're going to give them once a year um, to protect it. Do you have to do the entire RMD as a charitable distribution? No, you could do part you could you do, do part? you could do part of it. Uh, by the way, here's another idea for you. Because the money that you it sounds like the money in your IRA is not needed to pay for your living expenses, correct? 
Oh, no, we just use it for going on vacation. Okay, well, okay, well, all right, well, then I'll get in an argument about what is living expenses and what's not. But here's an idea. Because of that, you may want to have most of that money in lower-earning securities like bonds, for example, because if you don't want a lot of growth, because that growth is going to make you take a bigger RMD, and remember the RMDs go up percentage-wise for, uh, I think, the first five or six years, they kind of level and then they go down a little bit. So you're going to have a bigger amount taken out because the percentage of what has to come out is larger. So you could have your bond holdings in the IRA, in the individual retirement account, which we would not expect to have as fast a growth as stocks, Therefore, your required minimum distribution would not be going up. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, but it seems like I'm kind of shooting myself in the foot for not wanting growth. I mean, that's saying, well, don't give me the money. Well, you could have growth. Do you have money in, you know, after-tax accounts, regular taxable type of environment? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could have um, the stocks there and have the bonds in the IRA. That would give you still a mix of you know, sort of stability and growth uh, and 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 reduce your tax, keep your tax bill to where it is today. That's how I'd look at it. I, I, I'd i love to help I, you. You go ahead very quickly. Uh, could I um, roll that RMD into a Roth and just pay a one-time tax on it? You could do a Roth conversion, certainly, and, and move the money into the Roth IRA, pay the tax, you're correct at whatever by the way that if it was a big ira that would bump your tax rate even up higher but you you would you could do that over several years and then not have any rmds in the coming years that's another thing that you should look at very carefully because you're paying tax today that you don't necessarily have to 855-935-8255 more here on talking real money tom and don are talking It may not be the sexiest website in the world, but it's your one-stop shop for real money information, TalkingRealMoney.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Welcome back to Talking Real Money. Good time to call us because you don't have to wait right now. Normally, you have to wait a long time, news, traffic, other callers, but uh, the lines are open and we're giving away a copy, a signed copy of Don's book or conversely, if you want a copy of the uh, book that we just talked to the author of Your Complete Guide to a Successful and Secure Retirement, which is a rather encyclopedic look. It's not that many pages. How many pages is it? Uh, it's 270 pages, but it walks through kind of the, all the little nitty gritty things you need to know about retirement or you may be considering. So I absolutely loved it. Uh, your complete guide to a successful and secure retirement. Either one. Uh, here's the number 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Call and we'll discuss your situation. And one of your situations is... You just love holding cash in banks. Now, I don't know if you're all majority shareholders of Bank of America or you got a friend at Wells Fargo or this credit union you're a member of and you just want them to keep your cash. But here's the reality, folks. Cash is not making you anything. Really, it's not. And in fact, it's losing you money because inflation is higher than what the interest they're giving you on your money. You have $8.7 trillion sitting around in cash. Are you scared? Are you nervous about markets? Maybe, but after this first quarter, hopefully your your nervousness has gone down a bit. The S&P 500 made 13.5% in one quarter. Don't even try to annualize that. 
Uh, 100% stock portfolio, big, small, value growth, all that made 11.2. A portfolio, 60% in stocks, 40% in bonds made 7.1%. But you want to sit on that cash because it makes you feel comfortable. You wake up the next morning, it's the same amount. Market does whatever it's going to do. But I'm telling you in the long haul, it is a costly way to manage your money. Your money should be, yes, you may have a little bit in cash, but it really should be in stocks or bonds, depending on your need for return and ability to take risk, time horizon, right? And your, as I mentioned, your sort of emotional makeup. You got to get the money to work for you. So please don't sit around and wait for something to happen in the market. Don't wait for Jim Cramer to give you some piece of advice about an IPO you need to invest in. Build the correct portfolio, again, for what you need to make and how much volatility you're willing to take, and then take your eyes off of it. Leave it alone. Have a disciplined approach. You'll be a lot better in the long haul. So our job is to help you with your money, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. I think it's KJ. I'm reading that right. I think CJ. Pardon me. (laughs) CJ. Sorry if I got your name wrong. Hey, Welcome yeah. to Talking Real Money. How are you? Great. How are you doing? Doing great. How can I help you? Hey, um, I've attended a couple of your seminars, and I forgot to write down. You you talked about a mutual fund for bonds, and then you also always you called out a mutual fund for stocks as well. But what was that bond fund that you called out? Well, the bond fund that I like, and I'm going to get you the ticker here, uh, is the Vanguard Total Bond Fund. Now, this is a this is a mutual fund that holds, I think it's somewhere around six thousand securities. the The ticker is V is in Victory, B is in Boy, M as in Mary, F as in Frank. X as in X-ray, VBMFX. This is a mutual fund that that I think is a very good one. It ha- it does have some corporate debt in it, but it primarily is U.S. government bonds. The yield right now is two point seven one. But here's the best part: you own all those securities. You get pretty good diversification, pretty sh- reasonable maturity. You're not taking a bet on longer rates, and the expense ratio fifteen basis points. 0.15. I think it's one of the great bargains. And I I don't know the equivalent um, ETF, uh, TJ, which may, CJ, pardon me, may give you even a lower expense ratio. But, but I've often, we've told people, and thank you for coming to our classes, if you own VTWAX, which is the Vanguard Total World Index, which holds 8,800 securities, that's your stock part. And then you own the VBMFX, that's your bond part. That's a pretty good portfolio, really. It is. Yeah, and I, I want to compliment your classes. They, they're they're just wonderful. You guys hit on so many topics. Thank you so much for putting those on. That is very kind. Appreciate your call and your kind words. Let's go back to the phone. Cecilia joins us here on Talking Real Money. Hi, Cecilia. Cecilia, did I get you? You here? There you yes, go. Yes, I'm there. Yeah, how are you? You have me. Yes, I'm good. Yeah. I'm wanting to talk about traditional IRAs. Uh, we're 70, so this year we need to do our first required minimum distribution. We have six. My husband has 16,000. I have 24,000. So we're hoping just to donate it to charity. But what I'm trying to understand is uh, there's a percentage of a gross income that you could, a limit that you can have. 
And I found three different numbers, like a 30%, a 50%, or a 60%. So I was wondering what it really is. Of how much of your required minimum distribution you could turn into a qualified charitable distribution? Is that the, that the question? Right, yeah. yeah. Because we want to donate the whole amounts. I, you know what? I don't know tax law well enough to tell you that. I okay. simply do not know that. I didn't know that there was a percentage limitation. Um, well, that's so, what I'm trying to understand, yeah. and I can't. Wow. Okay. I, my suggestion would be to go see somebody who does taxes regularly because they're going to know that number. You could okay. maybe – I was looking over at Derek at our financial advisor. He's waving his hand saying, don't send her to me. Uh, our guys come in and gals come in on Saturdays to, to screen the calls. Um, he may be able to answer this. I have no idea. That's a very complicated question, and I'm sorry to say I do not have the answer. By the way, in my defense, Don wouldn't have the answer either. No, I'm just okay. saying that. I, so. But thank you All for right. being charitable, and uh, and again, um, that is a tough one. Cecilia, thank you for calling us, 855-935-8255. That's the only way I know of, by the way, to to not have to pay tax on a required minimum distribution is to turn it into that qualified distribution to charity, which which in some cases can make great sense. Uh, and it also gets back to what I, what I mentioned earlier with Stephen is portfolio construction. If you know you're going to have to, if you know those required minimum distributions are going to move you up in a tax bracket, why not have these lower earning securities like bonds in the IRA have the stocks in the other account because that doesn't there's no taxation there really until you sell those and pay the capital gains which should be a lower rate than your income tax rate so there's reasons to own certain secure that's what I was getting to there's reasons to own certain securities in certain parts of your portfolio it sounds complicated and by the way it's another reason that you should consider having an advisor because an advisor a good advisor doesn't just issue one portfolio for every account we see that all the time when people come in and they have have an IRA, they have a taxable account, they might have a Roth, and every portfolio is built the same way. No, that should not be the case. Roth IRAs, for example, in my mind, most of the time should be 100% in stocks because you're hoping for a lot of growth and to take that money out tax-free. That should be built a completely different way than a taxable account. Your questions and calls, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255 as we continue on Talking Real Money. Tom and Don are talking real money. Tom and I believe in helping everybody become a better investor. That's why we offer lots of free knowledge at TalkingRealMoney.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Welcome back to Talking Real Money. Don McDonald taking a well-deserved day off today. Tom Cock here reporting for duty on what turns out to be a sunny, beautiful afternoon in Seattle. Yes, I will join you and mow my lawn today. Yes, I will be out doing the yard work like everyone else here soon, too. So count on that. Uh, Cecilia, thank you for your question. I just looked this up. Our crack research team logged into the Internet and read that the qualified charitable distributions, the maximum amount that you can qualify for is $100,000 if you and your spouse, for two of you. So in your case, I think you said something about 16000 and 24000 You could give that entire amount and there'd be no limitation there. It looks like it's 100000 Please always get professional tax advice because um, 
Wow. You never want to make a mistake with your taxes. Uh, this came up earlier this week in our office, and somebody recommended to one of our clients that they just ignore a mistake that was made five years ago because the IRS didn't know about it. That is really bad advice. Do it right. Always pay your... T- don't mess around with the internal revenues. There's no reason to cut corners or be silly about that kind of thing because in this case, it involved a Roth iron. If it came back to haunt you 25 years from now and you had all those earnings and all that money, it would be absolutely horrible. So do the right thing. Do not uh, do not mess around with taxes. Get professional advice if you're thinking about... I think anytime you're making the qualified charitable distribution... Probably professional advice makes sense. By the way, here's one place where professional advice does not make sense, and that is listening to the prognosticators about stocks. Oh, I should mention our number again, 855-935-8255. If you call, we'll get you an autographed copy of Don's book, Financial Physics, or the Complete Guide to a Successful and Secure Retirement, which I happen to think is one of the best books on retirement that I've ever read in doing all this for 25 years. But you heard a lot about Lyft, right? Yesterday, going public this week, Lyft going way up, right? It, I forget the I'm getting to get the number. It made, got to get it here, 8.7% growth its first day it was list, listed. Uh, the company now valued at $26.5 billion. And all of these initial public offerings, IPOs, get people all a Twitter. Everyone's excited. But when you do that, you should think about the year 1999. Uh, that year, 547 companies had initial public offerings, taking in $107 billion of your hard-earned money. And very few of those worked out. Remember Pets.com, WebVan, eToys? No, you don't remember them. That's the point, because they went public, they took your money, they paid off all the early investors, and you were left holding the bag because it looked like a great idea where everybody's going to get rich on the internet, and then they didn't. I'm not saying anything bad about Lyft, and actually between the two of those services, I use Lyft and I don't use Uber. Uh, and I really couldn't tell you why other than I signed up for one before the other. And I couldn't tell you the differences, so please don't call and ask me. But the bottom line is initial public offerings. People just go crazy about these things. And the reality is there are a lot of studies. In fact, the, the guy who wrote the book we were talking about earlier, Larry Swedro, just released again this weekend a piece on how you did if you invested in IPOs, initial public offerings. And the results are not very good. Uh, more conservative fund families, and we talk about dimensional funds from time to time here, they do not add uh, IPOs for sometimes years. They didn't add Facebook. I think it was for like two and a half years. They wait and wait and wait. And by the way, when they go buy a Facebook stock, they they got deals where they bought huge blocks of stock. So they didn't pay what you, the public, paid for those shares. So I'm not a fan of running. It feels always feels like a get-rich-quick scheme to me that you got to get in right now because Lyft is going through the ceiling. Um, But there's all kinds of interest right now. Slack, which is another technology I actually happen to know about because it's in the workplace, right, where you can um, message people, Postmates. They're going to debut this year, and they're saying this year could be almost as much in IPOs as 1999, which was the record. So I'd stay away from them. They're kind of hot. You could get burned. Happy to take your questions and calls on anything money-related, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255, as we continue on Talking Real Money. Tom and Don are talking real money.
Do you need a little help with your investments? Set up a free, no-obligation appointment with one of our advisors at TalkingRealMoney.com. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Welcome back to Talking Real Money. Tom Cock here helping you get all things financial right, I hope. And uh, our telephone number, 855-935-8255, 855-935-8255. The friendly and always helpful Derek is waiting to take your calls, get you on the air. This is a great time to call because no one's waiting ahead of you. And, and... If you call and ask a question, we'll give you a free copy. We'll actually mail it to you of Don's book, Financial Physics, signed by Don, or your complete guide to a successful and secure retirement. If you really want to dive into this topic, which is by Larry Swedro and Kevin Grogan, we talked to Kevin last hour. If you want to dive into this topic, there's a place to do it because there's a lot of detail. And here's the part that I struggle with with for you is remember i get the opportunity to look at somewhere between five and ten portfolios of other people every week because they send them to me or they come in our office or they come to a class and say let's take a look and the reality is few of you are properly positioned for where you are in your life how much you're trying to make and how much volatility you're willing to absorb as a result of that and there's this company called Dalbar. They're out of Boston, and they actually look at money that goes into mutual funds and money that comes out to try to look at your behavior. Try and tell us how all you're performing. And for a while, things were kind of looking better because in bull markets, generally, you investors have more confidence. You don't worry so much. You don't move money around. And then that big, ugly fourth quarter came along, and it was bad. It was really bad. So that led to the market being down for the year. I'm talking about stocks now. But here's the bad news. According to Dalbar, the market conditions and your bad timing where you're moving money out of the market led to you losing twice as much, twice as much as the market. According to their quantitative analysis of investor behavior, investors lost 9.4% rather over the course of 2018. That compared to a 4.4% retreat by the Standard & Poor's 500. How come? Why? Well, according to Dalbar, you were taking money out of funds in 2018. Taking money out? You, you mean you took, you sold things after they went down? October 2018, the S&P returned a down 7%. The average investor returned down 8 You just love locking in those losses, I get. December was worse. And then this quarter, which I mentioned earlier, has been absolutely superb for stocks. You should have been properly, you should always be properly invested. I don't care if the head of the Federal Reserve says, we may rates, rates we don't, or we may not. We don't know what the future looks like. It doesn't matter what the Trump administration's policy is on rates and the economy. Your investments are for you. They should be built for you. And what's going to happen in the next few days, the next few months, the next few years? No one knows. We don't know. The people on TV don't know. The people that write for major publications do not know. In the words of the late, great John Bogle, nobody knows nothing. 
It's all uncertain. So what do you do therefore? Therefore, in my mind, you look back as far as you can and you say, here's how securities have acted over a long period of time. Here's how stocks have acted. Here's how bonds have acted. Here's the return I'm trying to make that will get me to where I want to be in retirement if I'm already retired to provide enough growth. And here's how much volatility I'm willing to accept to do that. Once you make those decisions, you tune everything else out. It's not as much fun, right? Because you're not watching whatever or reading whatever to say, I got to do something. But I can tell you over time, every shred of evidence I've ever seen shows that a disciplined investment approach like that does better than reacting to anything going on in the market or timing or the rest of it. 855-935-TALK is our number. And we go to the phone. Eric joins us here on Talking Real Money. Hi, Eric. Hey, Tom. How you doing there? Good. Good. So you were talking about IPOs and, um, you know, don't get into them and stuff like that. So I was just kind of curious as a total market uh, investor about how long uh, before those, you know, newly released IPOs start getting included in the total market uh, index funds. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I mentioned that our friends at Dimensional Funds, who we think are the finest managers of securities, of stocks that we can find, they in some cases have held off two, two and a half years. I don't know what Vanguard, because we do give you the Vanguard Total World Stock Index Fund if you're just going to go do this on your own. I don't know how long Vanguard holds off. My guess is it's a case-by-case basis and depends more on the particular stock. They probably have some discipline in there around what it needs to look like, what the trading range is all there. But I don't have a good answer for you there, Eric. Sorry about that. 855-935-8255 as we continue Talking Real Money. Tom and Don are talking real money. Just about everything you need to know about money can be found at our website, TalkingRealMoney.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Yeah, with all the sun out, maybe next week we'll turn to gardening. Nah, we wouldn't do that, but we could. I mean, yeah, I'll be like you here soon. I'll be out there mowing my lawn and cleaning things out. And I've got already got the uh, the vegetable beds all ready to go. Although maybe you could call me and tell me if it's too early. I don't know. I'm kind of excited with the sun and everything to start planting. But maybe maybe we should wait a little longer. But uh, we're here to plant the best financial future we can for you. And that's what we do the show every week. 855-935-8255. Your questions, calls about all things financial and we go to the phones Rhonda please help me what can we do for you today I'm wondering what your thoughts are on selling a piece of rental property and using a 1031 to put the money into a Delaware trust yeah I the Delaware trust there's been some controversy about all of it but I can't exactly recall hang on here a second because I think somebody came into our office about one of those not long ago and um i mean i'm not a not opposed to doing a 1031 exchange the reason is um and i'm trying to remember what i read because we did look into these a little bit uh but sheesh, i'm trying to remember why we were sort of down on all this um you know I'm, i guess the the tell me more about the purpose of the rental business you have today what is that providing income why why do you own that we we 
bought it as an investment. We had it, it rented, and then I got tired of waiting for the tenant to pay rent every month. Um, and so we decided to sell it because we have a number of other rental properties, and there kind of becomes a maximum that you can maintain without spending every waking moment. Yeah, so the, the, um, the sort of the operation of the this whole aspect of real estate not being very passive in many ways, right? I have a I have a condo that I'm not a huge fan of for all the same reasons you just mentioned, because uh, I don't want to be in the real estate business. But so when you give the money to the trust, then they are you're in a number of properties, correct? And they're managing all that for you, and then they're paying you, correct? And I mean, I guess the one thing I remember was: there's, is there a question about liquidity, about how soon you can get your money if you give it to them? It's not at all liquid. It's less liquid than real estate. Yeah, can, yeah. This is. I put a house on the market yesterday, and it sold today. Wow! Congratulations. That's really exciting. I mean, this is this is one of the issues I have about any investment, other than owning, you know, one piece of real estate is this liquidity aspect. So I, I am a huge fan of always being able to get your money because you never know why you may need it. Uh, if you decide I'm going to move somewhere, I'm going to do something different. So I'm not a fan of handing it off to somebody who's going to tell me when I can get it back. Um, and they're going to say, well, you're going to make more, right? And you get the tax advantage of moving this over with the 1031 exchange. You didn't have to pay tax on the gain. So I think that was one reason. And then the other one is I'd investigate very clearly who I was doing the business with. Because Don just did a podcast yesterday talking about people that promote this aspect of you give them the money, they're going to make you a lot in their real estate strategies, which has not always been the case. So I would, those are two things I would consider, but I'd probably have to look at the specific investment you're going to make to try to help you make a decision about whether or not this was the best thing for you. Okay, but those are the... Yeah, I guess I, I'm really, again, I'm not a fan, and you're not liquid, obviously, in every piece of real estate because you have to sell that to get the money. And you're doing, you want to do this 1031 to avoid taxation, to avoid the capital gains on selling this piece of property, correct? Right. It yeah. avoids capital gains, and they give, in some respects, it's similar to a rental. You get a monthly income, and you get appreciation, and you get depreciation. Um, so all the things that you're used to as a landlord. And you give up, what you're giving up is the aspect of the, you, that you control that anymore. In other words, you can't, you, if you own a house, as you said, you could sell it and get it and get your price in one day and get on with your life. Not always the case, right. obviously, but uh, at least it's under your control. So you're giving up control. You get these tax advantages. Hopefully you get return on your principal. I would look at the company very closely and I would think about the lack of liquidity. Those are the those are the things I think. And here's another thing to consider. Thank you for the question, Rhonda. Around anything investing, people have a tendency sometimes to think about the taxes first and the investment second. In other words, they kind of let themselves make the, I'm a saving on the taxes, right? Yeah, but you're taking risk by handing the money to somebody else. You're taking the risk because you can't get the money. So these are things to really think through before you just run off and hand them hand, 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 do this 1031 exchange. I'm not opposed 
to people saving money on their taxes, but oftentimes they consider taxes before they consider the underlying investment. Very important thing to consider. Um, we're just about out of time. I want to I want to thank you all for listening and for uh, for being part of the show today and and in general being part of the show. We've had great luck, by the way. I'm going to give the number again: eight five five nine three five talk with people that have called during the week. So during the week. If you have a question that comes up, Don takes those calls, not live because he's not just sitting around waiting for you to call, but he then answers them on the podcast, Talking Real Money, Talking Real Money podcast, which you can get by going to, and this is going to surprise you, TalkingRealMoney.com. Of course, it's at iTunes and other places as well, but he answers those questions. So we try to get to all of them. We also take emails and people call us and we really try to get you the information you need on all these variety of topics. And wow, we've had some really great ones today from long-term care to required minimum distributions to bond funds to required minimum distributions again to IPO returns to 1031s, lots of different topics, and we try to answer all of those for you. So, and again, uh, because I can get away with this because Don's not here to stop me, I do want to mention that my class on April 24th, which is the only thing we really have on the calendar right now, will be sold out in the next couple of days. It's a lunch ed. There's limited opportunity. It's a one-hour class, and in that hour, talk about really how to build a retirement portfolio, how to take money out of it, some secrets some tricks some things not secrets but things people miss about social security i ran into a guy by the way last night when i was refing a high school soccer game i used to work uh, used to coach his son a long time ago and i saw him at halftime he said hi he said you told me to wait on social security and i'm doing that it's a great decision because those little things do make a difference in your income in a long time and uh, jim was great to see you by the way what a what a great pal he's been for all these years so we touch on all of those things, those aspects of retirement that many of you overlook and don't think through. And I'd say if you're anywhere over the age of 50, these are things for you to be thinking about. How to construct your portfolio for the next 10 or 15 years until you get to retirement. How to construct a portfolio to get income from from it. How, again, I mentioned Social Security, the right decisions about pensions, because many of you face those issues as well. We give that all to you one hour. It's a lunch ed. It's a Wednesday, April 24th, and it's from noon to one, and it's a fantastic class. I know because I'm writing it, and I'm going to deliver it. Okay, my tongue is in my cheek there, but you get the lunch. You got to pay for that. It's all part of the deal, and you can register by going to TalkingRealMoney.com, TalkingRealMoney.com. We'll hope you join us for that, and we'll hope you join us for the show next week when Don McDonald will return (laughs) to tell me that uh, I don't need to talk so much as I did today. Thank you so much for being part of Talking Real Money. Tom and Don are talking real money. Download the advisor interview form and find out if your advisor is a fiduciary at TalkingRealMoney.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. You know, one of our goals on the show is to really make sure you're educated, that you have enough knowledge to make good decisions on your own. Not everybody needs an advisor. Not everybody really wants an advisor, but they want to know they're doing the right thing. That's why we have our classes. That's why we have the Lunch Ed, the Science of Retirement Investing, coming up on Wednesday, April 24th. I'll show you the keys to having 
a truly successful and secure retirement. Join me April 24th. Go to TalkingRealMoney.com. Sign up right there, TalkingRealMoney.com, and I will see you April 24th. that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?